Star Wars meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Kwai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the Galactic War Machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and list today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story. Available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This week, we have Tate Brommel and Isaac Goodart of The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos. Tate is the writer. Isaac is the artist. It's based on a story by James Tiny and the Fourth of Something's Killing the Children, House of Slaughter, Wind, Batman, and so on and so on. Tate Bromble comes in there with credits like House of Slaughter, Behold Behemoth, Barbie Alien, Red Planet, and more, as well as Isaac Goodhart's art has been the 2013 Top Cow Talent Hunt winner. He's been seen in Postal. Victor and Nora, a Gotham love story, Under the Moon, a Catwoman's Tale, and so much more. So check the two of them out on this episode of the podcast. It's Tate Bromble, Isaac Goodhart of The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos at Dark Horse Comics. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, you two. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Awesome. You guys are right in the thick of promoting Christopher Chaos here and same place, like you mentioned before we recorded, which is crazy because you guys are from two different parts of the country in, in yeah, New York City. Different countries, yeah. Yeah, yeah technically, yeah. I said two, two different parts of the continent, I should say. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Canada. Canada and Texas. They're pretty far apart. Pretty different places, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm at the bottom of the States and he's up in Canada, so we don't get to see each other as much as we'd like to, but yeah. This and so, I mean... You guys were at what Midtown yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. How was that? It was great. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. We signed uh thirteen hundred copies, which is the first time I ever had to sign. I didn't know what it, it was crazy too, because James, I don't think you have you ever done no, that no, before? No. So James just set the pace. He's like, Okay, we're gonna do this assembly line style. And then he started, he's like immediately swiping books to us. We're like, Oh, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We that's what your signature goes from like legible to like the last the 1300 comic book because people are gonna be like yeah this yeah. is not gonna pass any authentication no there's no way <laughs> i had a uh exclamation point at the end of my signature um for like the first hundred and then we're like okay we'll lose exclamation point just swiping, like throwing comics at each other just like okay yeah we didn't Mid- have for four hours zero breaks it was really exciting that's awesome. Midtown's one of those ones weird too. It's too like people see it as this massive like online presence with like their big store and obviously the multiple locations in New York City and stuff like that. But like I visited in August of last year, I visited Midtown. It, the, each one of the stores is tiny. <laughs> those are not big places. So to sign that many autographs to and signatures through a small stores, uh, there must there must have been like what people just flowing in the door or what, how did that happen? Was that we had a line and then we also just did a lot of back stock from okay in online auctions um and they'll sell some yeah. on their web store yeah whatnot yeah. uh auctions and then store yeah different stores and then so they would we would have like a group of people a pause uh sign a pile and then another group of people pause yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's pretty- awesome yeah, they, they have it down to a science and james has done it a couple of times it was our first time so we were like oh i guess we gotta keep up so yeah. But it was cool. It was great. A lot of fun. First that's, first one of those. That's awesome. And then you guys are in Annapolis this uh this weekend? Yeah, we'll be at Third Eye on Saturday. 
Yep. Yes. Uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but not yeah. before then. But uh, I will say that one of the cool things about Third Eye is also is you can go right on their website and buy uh, your signed copies now, and then they'll sign them. So like they're sure they're gonna have leftovers afterwards. You can buy right on their website. Uh, and they for, have merch too. We've got pins and stickers yeah. coming. Through. So I think a lot of that stuff's going to be on the Third Eye website and yeah, tinyanimate.com. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, and they love it too, because like I live in Maine, and and so we don't get creators that often, unless you come to like a local comic convention or we have to travel to Boston or something like that. So like now these stores like Midtown and and, and Third Eye are doing these signings in store and then like getting back stock for those people who can't make it to these things is pretty cool for us to be able to <clears throat> and you buy them i mean i think the um christopher chaos number one signed by you two and is it nick too yeah, yeah. Nick was uh, awesome. yeah and those i think it's like 15 bucks or something like that so it's like not crazy expensive whereas if you one of those i guarantee you someone who got their comic book signed yesterday at midtown trying to sell it on ebay right now for 15 or something <laughs> Listen, like that I'll, I'll tell you this much <laughs> Buy that book for 15 bucks because I know uh, what some of these creators are doing after Christopher Chaos or during Christopher Chaos. And yeah, we're about to like enter Hurricane Tate and Hurricane mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's a good investment if I. And, and Christopher so Chaos is amazing anyway. So you should just buy it anyway. So let's just get start with that. Oh, yeah, right? promoting our book, right? Yeah, Christopher <laughs> Chaos is a good book. Totally worth 15 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't like to go like in this, like, like I don't want to like know where you were born and all that stuff, but it's nice to know like where you guys come from as creators as well as comic book fans. And so if you want to start Tate and just like give a quick synopsis on how you got into comics and how you broke into the comics creator world. And then Isaac, you can follow after that. Yeah. So I entered comics um, through Jeff Lemire, actually, uh, a fellow creator in Toronto you might have heard of. <laughs> he, um, I actually was interning for a producer. Um, and then she was adapting Essex County, which is now actually out um, uh, in, in Canada, at least for now. Uh, but I found out she was adapting Essex County. And I was like, I need to get in that writer's room. I'm taking, I'll take on more work. I wasn't being paid, but I was like, I just want to be like, I love comics. I love that book. And then I found out that Jeff was going to be in the writer's room. And that was insane. Um, and we met and we just instantly clicked. And like, we talked about comics. We would spend our lunch breaks just walking around the city, chatting comics, DC, everything he was working on um and we got along so he took me like under his wing and was like why don't you just write comics if you love comics so much so i started assisting him a bit um and he mentored me and then he gave me my first shot at writing a comic my first thing was the black camera encyclopedia actually mm. um and then he gave me my first shot at a comic series with barbelli and red planet uh which was drawn by gabriel walta so just like a hold on so just to interrupt for one second glad Nominated Block by Balian. And I said nominated. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, Mr. Bobble. <laughs> I'm very glad nominated Barbalian Red Planet. Um with okay. Gabriel Walta, Dutty Bidicar, and Jordi Belair. But that was my first book. Um and I loved it. I just knew I couldn't mess it up because I was like, I can't let Jeff down, I can't let all these people mm -hmm. down. Um and then from there, James read it, loved it, invited me on to House of Slaughter. And then from there, my career has just kind of gone from there. Um, mm -hmm. Along with James, James started mentoring me. He brought me in for Christopher Chaos. Um, so that's kind of how it went. Mm -hmm. Those two, uh, those two mentors are not like you know. I had a very <laughs> lucky, privileged entry into the industry. So, and I'm constantly just like, I can't let Jeff down. I can't let James <laughs> down. So, um, yeah. 
<laughs> well, you haven't yet. So there's that. <laughs> it's good pressure to have. So yeah. Yeah. And for you, Isaac. So, um, so I started in comics uh, through the Top Cow Talent yeah. Hunt that we had, which you know everyone who's trying to break into comics knows about the Top Cow Talent Hunt. I think like a lot of people started there. Phil Seavey, Ryan Katie, Timmy Howard, Stephanie Phillips, like, um, and was you know the the basic concept is like give us some sample pages. If we like you, we'll put you on one book. That led to a book called Postal, which I drew with Brian Hill, Brian Hill the writer creator Matt Hawkins, and that lasted for 25 issues. Uh, from there, I went to DC, did a couple of the YA books. Uh, but James and I, James and I met in New York, actually we met in New Jersey at Atlantic City Boardwalk on 10 years ago. Um, I don't remember who said hi to first, but he and I kind of got in at the around the same time he blew up exponentially. and. Um, you know, um, it would it was like a sl slower crawl for me. But even when we were in New York, we always hung out. Um, I like dog sat for him for a long time. And um, I was at a flame con event or geeks out event, I think it was. And Sam Johns, uh, another writer on House of Slayer, uh, Sam Johns uh, looked at my portfolio. I was working on Constantine, the YA Constantine mm -hmm. at the time. And so they said, they said to James, like, you should look at Isaac for um, Christopher Chaos. His stuff looks a lot different than you remember. And, and so, like, because I had just been grinding it out for years. And that's when James said, hey, you should get on the phone with me about this project I've got cooking. So um, uh, that was like two years ago. And, and I've been working on this book since. Did you yeah. guys know each other at all? You, you and uh, Tate Isaac at all before you guys oh, were going? The first time we met in person was at my wedding, which he was at dancing up the storm. Like we hit it off like yeah. uh, like perfectly. Um, um, no, we, yeah, we yeah. were connected through James for this book. Um, and I honestly, and James kept saying like, this is the book where he's just making with his friends because we're all just, we all just love each other. Um, and you can, I think you can, we just got along really well and the book kind of, is better because of it. Mm -hmm. um, and Isaac, like there's so much about the book that wouldn't be the way it is without Isaac as the artist. Cause it's like, it's not one of those things like any artist could have pulled this off. And then the book changed and evolved because of Isaac. Like there's so much, there's a lot more humor now and it's kind of silly. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't afraid to kind of, cause he handles changing in tone and all the genre mixing so well uh, that, nice. um, so there's so much more humor now. And it's uh, like, Peggy is so ridiculous now that she's a zombie. Um, and there's just little beats of humor that are apparently yeah. there because Isaac did it so well. And I was like, let's do this offbeat kind of humor stuff. And it's great. I mean, I, I also do think that's a testament to how much Tay is like a very generous, a very good collaborator. And um, it is it is fun to just like put something in the background, knowing that it's going to make Tay laugh and to see if he notices it in the email, which by the way, he always does. And he yes. always and goes, Why would you put it? You know? Yeah, actually, I'll let I'll let uh people who are listening in on the inside joke now. I drew like a woman like have with a reverse mohawk. She just has like a bald spot in the in like a strip ball here. Issue one, Christopher's flashback as a kid. He's like in the barber shop and like all the stuff goes crazy. Yeah. Um 
there's a woman <laughs> her hair buzzed down the middle of her head and i found it so funny and her face was hilarious and now moving forward <laughs> yeah moving forward isaac hidden her in random panels the rest of the series she's just rocking it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> zoom in and on the street there she is with her she's still rocking the hair <laughs> she's like not what's for me and some reason tate loves it i'm like all right she's going she's going in in every issue she's getting a there's, spin-off there's yeah. literally an issue i don't know which issue yet it's not a it's um issue four or five you zoom into a family photo she doesn't even know these people <laughs> and she's in the family photo with her <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so keep an eye out. Yeah. Those are the Easter eggs that everyone yeah. can look for. But I mean, that's that's like the kind of fun stuff that, because I've worked on plenty of books. I've been really lucky to work with really amazing collaborators. Like through and through, I haven't had like one bad experience in comics. I've been very, very lucky. But the fact that Tate and I talk like nearly every day, we text nearly every day. We talk about, you know, whatever, personal lives, TV shows, books um you know that that's really like um really affected how we approach the comic and project so it's been a lot of fun it's been very different from anything we've done before now and it, it helps you can tell i think most of us readers can tell when i mean i don't think there's many combinations of artists and creator writers that don't get along that well on a book like there is obviously those out there but most of them at least get along you can tell when you get along even better than some people when when the story works so well with the art and stuff like that so you can just tell it goes well i mentioned earlier about uh you know ryan brown and charles soul like you can just tell when they're having fun in things like eight billion genies or curse words like you can just tell that and it's the same thing i think i felt like this this book was like you guys could tell like you guys are too having fun people having fun with this book not just creating a yeah. book yeah i mean it's exciting and i've said this on panels before but i'll say it again now i can't say it enough um it's the best creative experience I've ever had. It's the most mm. fulfilling project I've ever been on. Working with your friends is is a completely different experience. You know, it is one of those yeah. things where it's like, I get to do this for a living with my friends, you know? So it's been fun. It's been great. I, I tell you what, I don't think I've had a moment in a comic book recently where I literally exclaimed out loud. I, I read mostly in bed. My wife's like sleeping and I'm like my iPad and I'm reading with because it's like no back or there's a backlight on it and stuff like that. And I don't know if I've ever like I actually was like, oh, when what happened to the, the pigeon? What happened to Peggy? <laughs> like, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but like there's just something that happens to Peggy that I'm just like, oh shit. Perfect. That's what we wanted. Yeah, that's that first issue could be a little relentless if you're yeah. not. Yeah. What we just put Christopher through the ringer. Poor Christopher, but yeah. Well, it's funny too, because I feel like it's two reasons to that. There was twofold to that. One was it's a crazy different moment, but also the twist I thought was you thought that Christopher was talking to you as the reader. I feel like I thought, okay. And then the twist was, oh, it's not you. It's Peggy. And then, then something else. I was like, wow, it's like back to back, like twists that I was just like, did not see coming. Yeah. Well, the way so, <laughs> she was funny because the way I structured it, um, I don't even know if you know this, but originally we were going to release the comic in eight page chunks. So through, and I knew that if we're going to do that, every eight page needs to be a twist just so people will keep coming back to read. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the issue, like when you realize he's talking to a pigeon, like yeah. that's the ending twist. When what happens to Peggy happens, that's the ending twist. So they, that's why the, the issue is just a roller coaster. So then we release it all in once and you're just like, oh my God, so many yeah. ups and downs. But it was because it was supposed to have a different release structure. And then we we're like, no, let's just release the whole thing. 
Um, which is, so that's why it's like that, but it's fun. It's a really, it's a journey of a first issue, which I love. Which is funny too, as you mentioned, it's a different you eight pages, then it's like, now it's gonna be a mini series. Now it's gonna be an ongoing. So it's even yeah. changed even further than that. So now we have more story to tell than the original series. I, I mean, it just keeps on, it keeps unfolding. I'm really proud of the first issue, but truly every issue is like twice as good as the one previous. Like issue two is twice as good as one. Three is twice as good as two, and it keeps going until the climax. Like the the final issue, the first arc, and they're big, meaty issues. They're thirty two, maybe thirty four pages each. And by the time we get, because I'm now currently working on issue nine, um, so we've got six in the can, fully done. And yeah, the the finale of the first one is really it. It got so big so fast. So that's what I'm excited about. Like. First issue is always like the biggest splash, but man, when that first trade comes out, it's yeah. gonna be yeah. Well, the way we, it was kind of designed is the first issue is very much just Christopher and his world, mm-hmm. um, and it's all through his eyes. Issue two immediately opens up to another portion of the world. We meet more supporting cast. Issue mm-hmm. three gets even bigger. So every issue, the world gets bigger and bigger and bigger, um, which is which is fun, and it gets and it really ramps up with excitement. Yeah, it's the biggest like. As far as scope goes, it's the biggest thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah. You mentioned also the idea that having your own issue nine right now, one of the questions I had written down was, is it different going into this, knowing that the the, three issues came out on Substack first, so like they were basically mostly done going into this release of issue one? Does it help being that far ahead? It it helps, I think, in confidence, because we've we've already done six issues completely, and we are so confident in them so now it's just like the world getting to see them mm-hmm. um i've worked on books where like issue one has come out and i'm still writing like issue four and i'm like hearing what people think already um but we've already locked like the six first issues mm-hmm. so we're like confident in them we know we believe in them um so it, i think it helps with that um i mean this is like more of a logistical thing but you could go to any store and you can say listen like we've got six issues done they're going to come out on time yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's what stories want, right? And and so like we're our monthly book, and we're we're like telling telling retailers no delays, not not for the foreseeable, not for the first year, you know. Yeah. So and, and it feels good to be able to do that. I have worked on books where I've also been the problem, and I go, sorry, everyone, I'm slower. But you know, <laughs> like this now we with with the lead time and with the the Substack thing yeah. and, and um. Dark Horse's schedule, everything has been worked out really smoothly. And yeah, as you mentioned Dark Horse. You work uh, the Dark Horse editor on this book. I mean, obviously, you have Greg Lockhart, who was the Tiny Onion one, but like Daniel Chabon is amazing over there, too. So it must be easy, lovely to work with, with Daniel I, on this, too. I know Daniel from Black Hammer stuff, yep. so I already have a question with him. So it was nice to kind of... And because Dark Horse published my first book, it was like nice to go back to them with this book, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Daniel's an all-star in my opinion. He's been on the podcast. He's a great, great dude. Yeah, uh, yeah awesome. Um, we've got we've already started talking about the book and going into this book. But uh, Tate, do you want to give an elevator pitch on it too? So if those who don't know what the book is about can 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 learn about it. Mr. Writer, I'm so bad at this. But um, it's basically about a teenage mad scientist who has always struggled with how he fits into the world. He's a bit of an outsider, um, and he's lived his whole life kind of bottling up that madness. Um, and then he realizes that he might not be so alone, that other monsters exist in the world, and there is 
a cult of monster hunters who are trying to keep them in the shadows um, and keep the world normal. That's pretty good. See, you're a writer. It's, it's exactly... <laughs> Sold. <laughs> it's old. Exactly. I'm going to buy it now, right? No, it's very like Buffy meets Invincible is the kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's got that high school, some high school drama, but like monsters, monster hunters. Uh, but it'll be, it's like, we don't hold back on the gore. Um, some of the mature stuff, the swearing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, and it's got all, it kind of, it's all the genres. Like it's funny, it's horrific, there's action. There's melodrama, um, so it's really fun to just play with. I love that it has the, all that stuff in it, and it still has that, like you mentioned earlier, the slight bit of humor that's in it. That just like it's not like cracking jokes, but funny moments and things yeah. that make you giggle a little bit. And one of my ones is this when he's walking out of school, and it says, "I'm just do do what I always do is blend in," and he's like yellow hair or blue hair, yellow jacket, like completely not different dress than everybody else. And the best part is that he thinks he's. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, yeah. no one's gonna notice. <laughs> no one's gonna notice. It's a, I ever seen Grandma's Boy, where uh the the dude in the black long jacket, the guy, the video game designer for the movie, the the game, yeah, is like standing in the hallway and he's like hiding himself with a jacket and he's like, yeah, oh dude, and he's like, how did they see me? <laughs> that, that's that's Christopher Chaos right there, walking right. out of school in a bright yellow jacket, thinking he blends yeah. in. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a unique story, but a story that. I guess that it has that similarities in my opinion to like trying to be a normal person, but also being quote unquote superhero of sorts, like a Spider-Man trying to like live regular life, but also knowing that you have a greater responsibility or other things that you need to do. And that's what's cool about it in that sense too. And you mentioned the, the, the woman with the reverse Mohawk and hiding those things in there. That's a benefit you get from working with creator owned or creator driven products to it or, or projects is that you don't have to answer to anybody. <laughs> But you too, James, like that's you to answer. So you can do what you kind of want with these things. So like if you were drawing a Superman book and you tried yeah. to put this person with a reverse mohawk in every issue, someone at DC would be like, okay, you can't do that. You Either. can't do that. Well, <laughs> at least I, with this creator driven I'm, stuff, you can. Yeah. But I might I might try just to make Tate laugh if they ever give me a book. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna see it in somewhere and just think that Isaac, you you told someone and some other artist is now doing it in their own book. I'm gonna like read a Spider-Man yeah. book and see someone put it in a Spider-Man. I promise you this trend is gonna take off. It will. <laughs> Um, how, how late into releasing the book did you find out it was going to be an ongoing? Like, did you guys know that almost immediately when you, when you were with Dark Horse or? Yeah, we were always hoping and, um, James and I were always planning, like, this is a massive world. There's a ton of story to tell, but it was always kind of left up to how, um, the public, how it just worked out at Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, when it was announced, like we found out around that time. So we knew it was going to be this first six issue arc. We didn't know what the future looked like um so yeah it was really incredible yeah i mean i think it's really one of those things where just uh, the story and i was i was uh, um talking about this earlier but um i think it just the story is just evolving so organically um james um uh flew tate out recently when was it february ish yeah, yeah. and um and and it was just to like brainstorm the future of Christopher Chaos. And um, I was living in New York at the time too. So um, I popped in here and there for like drinks with them after they'd be done, mm -hmm. like like mapping out the future of the universe, stuff like that. And I, I went into a dinner with these guys and both of them were talking about, I'm, I'm not gonna give any 
story points away, but they were like breaking down all these ideas that they like came up with together, the two of them. And both of them, like Tate and James, they had like the sparkle in their eye and they were just like so happy and so like, like, oh, and then this is going to happen. Then he's going to do this, which is going to be the blah, 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 blah. And I don't know if you've ever had like the true joy of watching James, who's brilliant, by the way, like break a story in real time. He's like the meme with the formulas all around his face. Like, well, and then in the third act, this is what's going to happen. The twist is going to actually, we'll move that up here. And then, you know, and he does that. And it's like, oh, he's not jaded at all. He'll never be jaded. He <laughs> loves them too much, you know? And so seeing him and Tate, like, break the story and, like, figure things out, it was, like, it was it was really electric. It was really magic. And I think that was, like, a big, like, sign that, oh, I think that this this story could go on for a very long time. Mm-hmm. These, these ideas are coming in fast and furious. But we have, like, this big, and it's all because of these guys. They, they created this really big sandbox to play in. It, it's I so speaking of James, you mentioned James. So it's a story based on James Tinian's story, uh, uh, obviously. And, and Tate, you're writing the script for it. How much you mentioned the whole like having these meetings, these big is it is James basically on the big picture stuff that, or do you like have to submit scripts to James and say, hey, does this work for you, or so on and so forth? Like how involved on a on a issue by yeah. issue basis is James? So the idea, I think James originally had the title before he even had the story. Um, I think it's something he came up with in college where he just had the oddly pedestrian life of Christopher Chaos. And he's like, that's a great title. I want to do something with that. Um, and then he worked up a pitch on his own, like a few, I don't know when, years ago. Um, and he had an idea for what he would do. And then when he wanted to do, when Substack happened and he had an opportunity to create a new book, kind of dusted this pitch off, um, shared it with us, shared it with me and was like, here's the original story idea I had you can take this and run with it and like, like do your own version, see how it inspires you, take it wherever you want. Um, so I did that. I went away for like a month, did a bunch of research, read a lot of monster books, and then basically came up with a big document of like my own take on the story. Um, so it was all like inspired by his original idea. Um, and then I pitched the first story arc. Um, and what would happen originally it was like a different villain and then at some point we're like no it needs to be we landed on doing like the 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 cult of hunters who will learn more um so yeah the first arc i pitched him on what the story beats would be i wrote out the outline he had he had to approve it he shared some ideas um but yeah it was all super collaborative and like there were parts where like we would have like shower thoughts like ideas and like immediately text the other person like oh wait but we need a character like this wait what what if this happens so it was very collaborative. And then moving forward, I just submitted scripts. Um, and then when I when he flew me in to do the story breaking moving forward, that was I had a bunch of ideas already. Um, and then he shared, like bouncing off of my ideas, he came up with a lot of solutions or more questions or more ideas. Um, so it's been like really collaborative. Um, yeah. So I remember really- one, one uh, issue, I think it was around five, maybe four. And you had like some kind of crisis about the pacing and the structure. And so you went to James and and, uh, and you were like a little bit worried, but James was like, oh, we'll make it work. And that's another thing that's like so cool about working with your friends versus working with a big company. Yeah. Like, Very generous. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. 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 So, and again, that's just another 
um, another situation well, where the story just got really, really yeah, big. And also, sacrifice Bond Week for format. Yeah, it was like the beauty of Creator Owned as well. Because originally the first arc was five issues. And I was getting to the fifth issue and I was like, oh no, I outlined so <laughs> much story. This is not going to fit in the fifth issue. And James is like, well, if we need a sixth issue, let's just do it. So now the first story arc is six issues because the story was so big. We didn't want to, we didn't want to take shortcuts. We wanted the character arcs and the action beats to have the space they needed. And don't forget, every issue is 34 pages. Yeah, 32 yes. pages. So, it's, so we, it have, be a thick we, first added, we added a whole other issue just to like really sell this first story arc. Yeah. It's funny how you mentioned how long the issues are too, because we I have a book club at my local comic book shop, and last month or this past month we met last night, no last night Tuesday night, uh, on uh, a wind we read wind, and nice. people were like, oh this is a great book. It seemed very long. I'm like, yeah, because every issue was like sixty pages long. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah it sounds like it sounds like a, you know it's just a, a trend here on on these things. I'd rather comic books if they're gonna go up in price though. I'd rather have them be longer. I mean, yeah. I think Christopher Chaos is four ninety nine. It's it's because you're getting the longer book. When they start to go four ninety nine and they're still twenty two pages, that's when the problems happen. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a it, it so it's a queer supernatural story. Was it very important for the book to be released in June during Pride Month, or did that just happen that way? No, we definitely planned for that. Um, we held off until I think it launched in I think it launched on Substack in Pride Month last year. Mm-hmm. So. And then, so then going to print, even back when we, even when back when James knew that he was going to be doing books with Dark Horse, we had pre-planned like June will be the month that we really pushed Christopher Chaos. Actually, Tate, could you speak on uh, horror, the genre, and the queer community? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> My co-host right there, Isaac, good host yeah. right there. <laughs> You and me, let's be episode <laughs> podcast. Yeah, let's well, I think go. a lot of it is just like how a lot of queer people see themselves in the monsters from classic horror films, just like the outsider who is even like Frankenstein's monster, who is clearly such a sympathetic character. Um, and just seeing your own, seeing how the world reacts to you, like the normal world, the pedestrian world. Um, so that's why horror has always been so beloved by the queer community. Um, so this book has become a love letter to horror, like um, in all the classic horror uh, monsters, the, the genre itself. And then just for, um, I don't think the metaphor is that subtextual, but it's just very much like the monsters are a stand in for like just the queer community and like how um, the world treats us um, as outsiders and finding your own world or finding your own home and other people like you and creating your own spaces. Um, so yeah, this book is really like a love letter to a horror of the queer community um, because there's so many queer nerds and we need more books for, for us. So, And the subversion with all these classic horror tropes is that here are all these like monsters that you have known for your entire life, but we're retelling everything through the queer lens. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see how, um, how everything is getting remixed through Tate and James's point of view. I love it too. And I, I it's weird how this episodes are going to release. I just recorded earlier today with, with Jenny Wood who wrote um, paper planes over at Maverick uh, at Mad Cave. Uh, right. uh, the main character is non-binary. And we talked sure. about uh, the importance of that and how these books are not like, uh, you know, it's not a story about Christopher chaos being queer. It's a, yeah. it's a story that happens to be your main character is in that sense. So like, 
it, you know, it's a difference in walking down the street and going to the grocery store knowing that there's non-binary, queer, straight, all those people in that store, if they're in your life. So why not put them in the, the, the contextual part of a comic book? Like it's just, that's part of life. And we need to have that in more and more comic books. And I said, the funny thing is, is that I feel like it's so great that the comic book community is so op mostly open to this because we all are. And I think the reason is because we're all um, closeted. We were nerds. Like we didn't want yeah. people knowing that I like comic books my entire high school like life. Like I was like, oh, they, they cannot know this. I need to be a jock. I need to be, you know, this person. I need to be this different person than I actually am. But that yeah. there's such an opening and accepting community in the comic book world that having yeah. stories like Christopher Chaos and this other book, Paper Planes and so on, Wind, uh, I mentioned earlier, all that's just great to have too, so. I also think that we can all relate, and this is exactly what you're talking about, we can all relate to the feeling of being an outsider. Like no one feels like they're part of the group because and I was listening to Neil Brennan talk about this on his podcast recently. There is no in-group, there is no pop. We all feel like we're on the outside, and this is a, like a universal theme. It doesn't matter what you identify as. You're going to read Christopher Chaos, and you're going to see yourself in any one of the hyper-realized, very grounded characters that we created. So mm -hmm. Tate and, and um, uh, James put on the page. So yeah, absolutely. It's such a great book. I I, I was able to. I was a, a Substack. Uh, backer uh, uh, on, I don't know, backer <laughs> subscriber or something like that. I don't know. I have, I have my gold foiled James Tiny and Tiny Onion stuff. Yeah, it's, it was awesome. Uh, but uh, the so I was able to read it obviously in its initial form a year ago. Revamped, was able to read the newer stuff now. Obviously, the coloring is different, right? Is that true? They we we, we recolored yes. the book uh, yeah. with um, was it Miguel Miguel Nierto? No, uh, it did the uh, covers. Nick Robles uh, obviously did the covers of Behold Behemoth fame, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adita Bittaker, uh, all star letterer. So, this the whole team on this thing is insanely great. So, uh, it's one of those uh, things. And obviously, with, with James's name be attached to it too, it's awesome uh, to have that all star team. And it's so exciting to see it continuing on as an ongoing series. It's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think also when we first started working um, together, and I'll, maybe this is projection, but I think once James saw how well we worked together, he was like, oh, okay, we're on to something. <laughs> um, I think that's a bit of it, too. So, oh, and going back to revamping the first issue, I did redraw a lot of those panels, so definitely give okay. it another look. <laughs> you can compare. I, I love doing that with um, Brian Bolland's uh, The Killing Joke. He went in and drew a couple of panels, which is so fascinating to me for so many reasons, but he recolored and redrew some panels of killing jokes. So if you look back, you can see what he decided needs to be updated. That was so, uh, Ryan Brown said the same thing when he was on the podcast talking about curse words, when they put out the omnibus of curse words, he went back and looked at his early curse word stuff. He's like, Oh God, I can't believe I put that out there. And I was like, obviously you're, we're all our own worst critic, but like he put it out. He's like, I got to redraw this, that, and the other thing of the first couple issues. So yeah, the yeah. art in the actual omnibus is different on the first few pages than it actually is in the comic book form. Yeah. Phil Jimenez, uh, who graciously. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> with a beautiful bearing cover and is continuing to give us bearing covers throughout the full first arc. He said something really brilliant to me um, that I kept with me for like a decade plus. He said, um, when you get on that first issue of an arc, it's like the pilot episode of the sitcom. Mm -hmm. You're still figuring out 
like what works and what doesn't, like who has chemistry with each other, um, like uh, what shortcuts you can use, what how you can. So, you know, like, I think that's a very apt uh, analogy. Um, I draw Christopher way different than I do in the, that first issue. But I was very, once we made the, uh, once Dark Horse uh, expressed interest, I asked James, like, when can I be able to redraw a couple of those panels? And James was like, yeah, of course. Well, so, you also, because Nick Robles did the character designs. Mm -hmm. So Isaac was kind of stepping into a world that was already kind of the main characters were all designed. So you talked a bit about how I think you found more of your voice in like second, third issue, as opposed to the first issue where you were like really trying to match kind of what Nick was doing. It yeah. became like both of your styles. I was trying to be very faithful to what Nick did, but Nick and I, um, we have we have uh, very different, um, uh, I guess, like inclinations art wise um, or different approaches. Like he draws hair very different than I do so it took me a little bit of time to really get the grasp of how to draw that like blue anime hair mm -hmm. but um I think I landed on something that like is a nice compliment so it just took me a little bit yeah and the coolest thing because the first six issues were like drawn across a year or so mm -hmm. yeah so, like seeing Isaac's work in issue one versus what you'll see in issue six is incredible like he was leveling up every issue <laughs> where we would our responses through new pages were like how are you getting better right like, yeah it was like so like issue six it's just like it's it's incredible yeah but i don't think i can understate how big it gets in scope like we're mm -hmm. building a whole world a whole new world so it starts off pretty tame pretty grounded but uh um yeah i'm really excited about um i really i'm really looking forward to seeing the reaction for the final issues of the first arc that's awesome. Is Nick Robles going to do covers all across the board all the way, or is it just for, for, for now? That's the plan for the foreseeable future is he's doing the A covers. Um, okay. For the first arc, he's been doing A and B covers. Um, but after the second arc moving forward, he's going to be doing um, just one cover. Okay. Because he's done so much for us already. So. And we'll, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I've been in trouble with James before. It's all right. Uh, but uh, we've got tons of variant covers that uh, I've seen that that uh, no one else has seen and they are remarkable so uh, stay tuned on that some some people that we got that guy that yeah. guy look at my work <laughs> and draw based on my thing that's crazy so it, that's been I think that's been yeah. the coolest thing yeah. that worked out. James is bringing in some heavy hitters. James, he's got connections. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? That's the that's the big thing. And he and James knows the market of variant covers very well. Very well. <laughs> no, he he has a business brain. Like that's you get you get you get a handful of those every generation. So mm -hmm. like you know, like Tom McFarlane was one of those guys. I you know, Jen Bartel is another person who just like these these people that can like that can say like Oh, the industry is going to be here in five years. The industry is going to be here in ten years. So we got to do A, B, and C mm -hmm. to ride the wave. James is that guy, and like bringing in Tate, Tate, and Isaac to do a book with, right? That was it. Yeah. You're looking ahead. Right? He was... Yeah, that's a backdoor <laughs> compliment to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. If I want to make a book successful, I got to bring these people in, and we'll we'll make it yeah. successful. <laughs> Future advice. Yeah, exactly right. It's a it's a great book. I'm excited for it uh, to continue on. Uh, I will say that uh, I'm excited for you guys to sign at, at um, I mentioned at 
Annapolis at Third Eye. One of the books you'll be signing, I have already purchased because I cannot be there because uh, no one can see it. But behind the wall up here, up, up here are uh, uh, issues from uh, creators that have done the podcast that are signed. It's kind of a collection of the of the people there. So the easiest cool. way to do it sometimes is just do things like that. Like, okay, Third Eye, grab it, have it mail it to me, and I have it up the wall. <laughs> so I'm excited wow. for that. So that'd be cool. Uh, and, and the issues are coming out fast and furious you're right because uh, issue two will hit july 26th with issue three hitting uh, in august towards the end of august and, and we got a second printing too of the first yes you do one. have second printing in the first issue with yeah. a green background right is that yeah is the second printing with the first was it the first cover of the substack was it green or was it always that same color i forget no it was oh, always a, the same color yeah excuse me that's awesome yeah, the green one he did for the, for the second yeah that's awesome uh, are you guys, so you guys flying out to Annapolis tomorrow or Saturday morning? What's going on here? Is there a couple more days in New York City to do some fun things around New York or what? We've got the chaos mobile. Multiple Eisner award winning writer James Tynan is driving us to Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I know, how much more surreal can life get, right? <laughs> do you pay, did you, did you uh, get, win the lottery and get him on a ride share app or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we might pick up a couple of hitchhikers on that. We'll see. <laughs> That's amazing. One thing I wanted to say before we finish up here, because I would love to get you know, it's taking the time out of your day to to, to talk to us, is a uh, page in the middle of the book. There's a halfway through the book of issue one, page seventeen or eighteen. That's swirling on the page. What page is that? Um, yeah. When the when the yes. The that is such. It's one of my favorite uh, pages in uh, comic books in recent years. I'll tell you that right now. Wow, that was all him. It was so beautifully done. I said, do something cool on this page with the layout. And then he just, we, I came in and we're all like, what? How does your brain work? Yeah. yeah. We do that a few times. Um, thank you. That's very, very kind. I really appreciate that. I mean, you know, I grew up loving J.H. Williams, uh, Frank Wiley. Those guys are, those guys are wizards, right? This, the way they lay out a page is magic. And um, I'm, I had like a, um, I, I, I'm going to be as brief as possible because I don't want to like fall into that pretentious thing. But, um, but you know, with the, with the advent of AI and we're all scared and, and we've got, we've got computers that are able to replicate styles and, and, and they're taking away jobs of image makers. What can I do that, that a computer can't, mm -hmm. they can't think the way I do. So the more, the further that we go on into this book, the more you're going to see things. That I'm really thinking hard on what can we do to separate us from the rest? Um, what is it about the way we think that is unique that's going to make people want to come back and see more? Mm -hmm. And I promise, promise, promise you that um, every issue we're upping the ante, we're trying to top ourselves. And one of the things I said to Tate when we finished that first arc, Tate came in with a very kind compliment. I said, no, no, no. The next arc is going to be way better. That's the goal. We're blowing it. We're blowing the first arc out of the water. So that's that's, awesome. that's always what we're thinking. We're not. We're never going to close. We're never going to wrestle the doors. We're always going to um, try to top ourselves. I'm a traditionalist in the sense that I like a floppy comic book over a graphic novel or a trade or anything like that. But I'm not a traditionalist in the idea that do what you want with panels like do what a page looks like is up to the creators because I, I love the idea of turning a page and being like looking at it and like oh my gosh this is so cool it's so unique and sometimes just the layouts and books are just so cool and that's one of those ones that was like 
I, I don't know if you can see it right here, but this is a, a, a DC Hopkins page from Noctera. It's hard to say it's going to cut off, but it's yeah. this room across the uh, the truck driving. It's hard. It's hard to see right now. But if you ever look at it, it's Noctera issue two. It's about halfway yeah. through, and there's a truck driving, and it says room on this truck. And it's just one of the coolest lettered pages I've ever seen. So I literally wow. bought a second printing of it, and split the book open, and put it in a frame. Awesome. Like this is amazing. There's a chance that this panel page comes up on a wall somewhere uh, of of an issue because that's it's a cool panel. Oh, that's, that's, that's appreciate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, obviously it hits the shelf. Uh, the first issue is already on the shelves. So second printing is coming, uh, issue two and three are coming as well. Uh, are you back on house of slaughter to Tate right now? Or are those issues uh, coming out or are you still, or is it the next volume? Issue 15 just came, came out a couple months ago. Okay. Uh, so Sam Johns will be on for an arc. Um, uh, the next arc, I'm not sure when that launches, um, but we're still just alternating. Okay. Anything you doing? Anything different else you were doing, Isaac? Right now, or oh, you're also got is the whole behemoth still going on, Tate? No, we that ended five issues. We're taking a break. Okay, and then Nick needs to catch his breath. He wants to try some other stuff out, but we'll be back to it eventually. They met this weekend for the first time. Yeah. They met yesterday. So Nick is here too. So. That's such a fascinating thing to me. It's like we've been together, but we've never like met. Yes, <laughs> it's such a, and it's the internet nowadays. It's one of those things that we've always talked about. Like there's certain things that you would not be able to do 15, 20 years ago if it wasn't for the invention of social media and things like that. And that's one of those. Like I think Scotty Young was talking about that his colorist John Francois Below, whatever they had never met ever, and John's yeah. like colored every single one of scotty's books i'm like jeez i'm yeah, yeah that's that so happens. cool that happens yeah that's awesome but isaac anything else you're working on currently too or is it just this right um, now I, well christopher chaos is definitely taking up most yes. of my time um i might have a couple of covers in the works uh from okay. other publishers we'll see stay tuned but um i have a poison ivy uh short story that came out recently in legion of blue mythology and of course, you can uh, check out all the YADC graphic novels. If you like uh, weird layouts, then Constantine has a has a bunch of them. I'll check it out then. Right there you go. Yeah. Uh, and and you guys are both on social media, so search for Tate and Isaac on social media and, and grab the Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Cast. Another one of these titles in the past couple of years that are super freaking long. You join the join the ranks of where's the furthest place from here and all those guys. Children, yeah. <laughs> yes. those, those ones that you can't fit in the title of an article because like the CEO things are like no or SEO things are like nope that's too long of a title sorry. <laughs> but grab the book at your local comic book shop or like I said if you have the opportunity you want a signed copy check out Third Eye's website Third Eye Comics. Uh, in, in in Maryland because they have signed copies coming from the two of you plus Nick's going to be there too and James going to sign that one too or is it just do you know? Uh, Nick and us too. Oh he's too okay yeah. so check that out and I, this is not going to come out before then so I can't say go check it out go get your book signed because it's going to be stupid but, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah so check that out Third Eye Comics but uh, anything else you guys want to promote or say before we sign off? No but thank you very much for having us on this. Yeah great. this was awesome thank you I'm glad you guys took out the time of your day to do this and speak and so on and so forth and, and, and enjoy New York for now and then enjoy Annapolis and all that stuff and hope I can't wait for more Christopher Chaos to hit the market and, and keep up the great work, the two of you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, take care.